The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. It's the best lip balm in America. Wait, what? Lip balm can be that much better? Oh, yeah. Hi there. It's Doc Thompson for Balm Shot. Just go to balmshot.com. Balm is in lip balm, shot like shotgun shell. You got to read the entire story for yourself at balmshot.com. But trust me, you will love it. And right now, if you order six of them, you'll get a free Balm Shot uh, lip balm, plus a logoed baseball hat, and free shipping at balmshot.com. But make sure to use the promo code DOC, balmshot.com. Dr. Everett Piper joining us now for from Oklahoma Wesleyan. How are you, doctor? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. No, it's great to talk with you again, especially about the topic at hand. Some of you uh, people remember remember you from um, us interviewing you in the past about the, uh, the essay you had written about um, kids in college, the millennials that really were not prepared for the world. And you, you were quite pointed in your criticism of them. And I think people really approached, appreciated that, a little bit of tough love. Well, now, Dr. Piper, we have parents that are raising their children as babies, they say, not choosing a gender and not telling the world. This seems like a pretty big failure to me. Well, when are we going to learn that we should stop experimenting on our children with these stupid social, social engineering uh, issues? I mean, when we actually have come to the point where we've raised a generation in our colleges and universities where they think the academy is a daycare and that they should be safe from any conflicting ideas and that they should never be challenged but always be comforted, and then we move from doing that nonsense to the point where we're now not calling them babies, but we're calling them babies because we don't want to impose upon them any gender distinctions and we're not even going to let them know whether they're a boy or a girl, and we'll let them decide. When are we going to learn that there are negative consequences to these stupid ideas and that the elites among us that try to impose the social engineering on the next generation are going to create a monster that will turn around and bite us, which is exactly what's happening in the academy today, and why would we think it won't happen when we raise a generation that's following after the millennials that won't even understand gender distinctions, and they'll deny science to the point where they will say there's no such thing as a male and a female. And conservatives? Conservatives are the ones that are accused of being science deniers? <laughs> no, right. Well, think of, it starts with a failed premise in that they're starting from a point where they're saying, okay, telling your child you're a boy or telling your child you're a girl is a problem. I mean, you're starting with that assumption. Why, why would that be a problem, doctor? Yeah, it, it, essentially, let's go back to the issue of microaggressions and trigger warnings. So what they're saying is not only should we protect our 18-year-olds from a microaggression from a conservative professor, if you could find one at a college campus, now you should protect your infants and your toddlers from a microaggression of somebody daring to suggest <laughs> that they're a boy or a girl. These people are nuts, and they're imposing, and I mean that seriously, they actually are imposing yeah. a psychological dysfunction that they apparently own on their children, and they're going to experiment on their children and suggest that they can be molded into something that's contrary to their body. It's the, it's the um, revival of Gnosticism, quite frankly, the old Christian heresy, the old Christian heresy of 2,000 years ago, where you separate the mind from the body. 
and you diminish the body by suggesting you've got some sort of special knowledge, gnosis, that allows you to rise above the material. Don't you see that in what we're seeing today in this claim of babies wow. rather than babies? That's a great point. I, let me play armchair psychiatrist here a minute and say, what gets a parent to a point where, where they would say, okay, we're not going to impose any gender on our child, regardless of what their body says. We're just going to call them they and Z and Zim and not tell the world what their gender is and kind of blur the lines when raising them. How would you get to that point? Well, I say they get to that point because they themselves likely had some sort of of question in their lives, not about their gender necessarily, but they always felt on the outside. They were the one picked last, or maybe they felt they couldn't compete in the looks category or, or getting the quarterback on the team to like them or whatever it is. I think this comes with a flaw in the parent's psyche that says, I'm now going to do this. Well, you, you could be right um, that there, there's some sort of transference going on here. So they're transferring their own insecurities and dysfunction onto somebody else. And we can all be guilty of that. Sure. But maturity should call upon us. Maturity should call upon us to treat other people differently than what we were treated and to not venture our own dysfunction or our confusion or our own sin, if you will, on somebody else. I'll, let me let me go to the Bible here. Uh, St. Paul tells us in Romans that when we start worshiping the created rather than the creator, that we're given over to a reprobate mind. So when we start liking the God we see in the mirror more than the one we see in the Bible, we're worshiping the created rather than the creator. And what happens? We're given over to a reprobate mind. M. Scott Peck calls it the diabolical human mind. Um, Graham Walker called it the pathology of the intellect. The smarter you are, the more prone you are to your own intellectual arrogance, and you you start worshiping what you see in the mirror, narcissist, rather than what you see in natural law, common sense, and creation and revelation, the Bible. That may be the, the most common thing we see with all of the craziness and the news stories out there. You're right. It's me, it's me, it's me. I've done this. Look at what I created. I mean, Dr. Everett, we're, um, we're created in the Lord's image. So that's always going to be one of our struggles to say we can also go out and create some things that are within our power. So it's easy for us to then become arrogant and say, look at what I did. Absolutely. The, what is the original sin? The original sin was God said, don't eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, why would he tell us not to... Not to eat of that tree. You think he'd want us to know what's good and evil. Well, the key is in Satan's words. Satan says, God told you to do that or not to do that, because he knows when you do, you'll become what? As God. You'll be like a God. You can define what's good and evil, right and wrong, up and down, bitter and sweet. You can define everything. You don't need God to define things for you any longer. You are God. And that's what we see right now. These parents are deciding that they can define a male and female for their children or make their children little narcissists and gods in and of themselves where they, from the very stage of cognitive awareness of infancy, of being a toddler, they can start defining their own reality contrary to what's real and just and true. Gnosis, Gnosticism, it's arrogance, it's the elevation of self above everything else. It's Barack Obama saying, we are the ones we've been waiting for, and we <laughs> are the change we seek. The most frightening words ever uttered from a president. That's a, that's a great point as well. Uh, you're on the front line of this. You, you're around a lot of the youths, right? You're college age and maybe high schoolers that are thinking about going to school. So you see a lot of this stuff. There's a failure in the, 
the do-gooders out there that say, we've got to create these safe spaces and be nice and nice that have completely tried to eliminate any tough love or any anything critical or anything that would be critical, even when they deserve to be criticized with some of their ideas and actions. You're doing them a disservice. To say, I'm just going to give you a pass on this and make it comfortable is actually hurting them. It's the antithesis of love. You, you, you nailed it. Um, there's a huge difference between tolerance and love. Uh, and we're worshiping tolerance and we're disparaging love, but we do it in the name of love, but we recreated love in our own in- image, so it's backwards, it's backwards, if you will, it's upside down. Mm-hmm. Here's an example. I, when, I, when I raised my boys, every day before I put them to bed, we'd pray, and then I would tell them I love them. Every day I told them I love them. Not once, not once in the 18 years of raising them did I tell them I'm tolerating you. Not once. <laughs> I tolerate you. I said I love you. Tolerance is an inferior virtue. It says I could care less, do what you want. Love is a superior virtue. It says that's wrong, stop. I love you enough to step in your way. Love is superior, tolerance is inferior. But in our culture today, we're raising up a generation to value tolerance, but they mislabel it as love. But it's not love. It's enablement. It's tolerance. It says, I could care less. Do what you want. I don't care enough about you to step in your way and say stop. And we all, I mean, obviously we are filled with people who have not removed the beam from their own eye, but notice the speck in somebody else's. That's certainly part of this. But doctor, I see, uh, it's so common on social media. I see it everywhere. People using the phrase, don't judge me. And I think we confuse what we should be judging and what we shouldn't be judging. It's not wrong, is it, to, to judge wrong, to say, hey, that's wrong. But it is wrong to say you are a bad person, right? That's, that's the difference? The sinner versus the, most, the sin? Uh, the one Bible verse that our culture knows today is judge not lest you be judged. Jesus' words, okay? But they fail to put it in context and to read the rest of the paragraph. Jesus says judge not lest you be judged. And then he goes on to tell you by their fruit you shall know them. So he's clearly telling us Look at the fruit of a person's life. You will recognize the Pharisees for what they are by the, uh, the rotten fruit that they bear. That's an instruction as to how to judge. It's not an indictment when you do so. What he's telling us is judge not lest you be judged. In other words, when you do, make sure you're not a hypocrite like those guys, because the same judgment will be ventured upon you. So it's not an admonition not to judge. It's an instruction how to do it. It's the most misapplied verse of our time. It's the one verse that a secular lost culture remembers, but we don't use it properly. We use it backwards. And it frustrates me when I hear him say that, you know, don't judge me. You know, I always see this post of people in arguments back and forth. And then I start looking at it a little different. It's actually a bit of a cry for help. You know, they're so hurt because they know when they're doing wrong. Don't judge me. But they feel that spotlight is upon them. I think that's um, more of a cry for help than anything else. We're told repeatedly in Scripture that the Lord disciplines those he loves. So discipline and love are not antithetical. In fact, they're two sides of the same coin. Mm. They're the same. If your parents don't love you enough to discipline you, you've got a problem. You know as a parent, any good parent knows, or anybody that's been raised by a good parent knows, that discipline is, a, is, a, is proof of love. It is not proof of the opposite. 
So, yes. In fact, I remember, I'll be real quick with this. I remember when one of my boys was about five years old, I was off my game as a parent that day. <laughs> I was haranguing him and pestering him all day long rather than doing what a good parent should have done, and that just tell him no and then administer discipline when he misbehaved. But I was off my game. I didn't want to discipline. I was haranguing. I was pestering. I was complaining. I was bugging him. At the end of the day, when I was getting ready to put him to bed, this five-year-old boy started crying, and I said, what's wrong, Seth? And he said, I wish you would just spank me. he understood that five-year-old boy understood that a spanking would have been better than the pestering and it would have been over and done with in a demonstration of love this five-year-old kid out of the mouth of babes the wisdom of a five-year-old kid said i wish you would have just been a good dad today and spanked me rather than ruining my day by pestering me dr everett piper uh author of not a daycare it's a great book and it's always a pleasure to speak with you we'll go ahead and post links to your information but uh how are things at oklahoma wesleyan oh we're blessed uh we stand for the truth of christ and truth of scripture and conservatives uh a biblical worldview and we're we're thriving as a result people a dry sponge wants water a dry sponge always wants water and we are providing that water to a dry culture that's begging for this when do your uh, classes start next couple of weeks i would imagine sometime in august uh, this- August 15th is our first day. Okay, so you're lots to do in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks for spending time with us, Doctor. Really appreciate it, buddy. Oh, always a blessing. Have a great day. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson. Thanks for listening to The Morning Blaze. When you have some time, there's another show that I think you should check out. It's the Glenn Beck Program. I think you're really going to like it. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcasts. In 2011, Aaron Hale, a former Navy chief, was severely injured when disposing of an improvised explosive device. He lost his eyesight and most of his hearing, so he returned to his love of cooking as therapy, and with the help of his love, Michaela, they created Extraordinary Delights, or EOD Fudge for short. These things are amazing. You'll love them. Go to EODFudge.com. That's EODFudge.com and try the caramel apples, the brownies, the strawberry, white, and decadent triple fudge confections. EODFudge.com. Promo code BLAZE to get 10% off. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.